that if we were to stop detoxifying, like me and you just stop right now, we would be dead in about six hours. That's how important this process is to us. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey everyone, you're on air with Ella and let me tell you who we've got today. You know her, it's Dr. Jillian Tita from episode seven. The only guest that I have ever had on the show twice. Not necessarily the only guest I ever will, but she's first. As you know, Dr. Jillian is a medically trained naturopathic physician. She's the creator of the Fix Your Digestion Gut Restoration Program and author of Natural Solutions for Digestive Health, a book I have marked up from cover to cover. Dr. Jillian, welcome back. Hey, Ella. Thank you so much for having me back on. It's a pleasure to be here. I love having you on. And let me tell you why I came back to you. I, You know, I want to be cautious about having the same expert on twice. You know, that's not something that I would normally do. But I am so keen to do a show on detox. And it's as we're recording this, it's springtime and you see everywhere uh, detox and cleanse and buy this and do that and it's time to spring clean and so on and so forth and some of it's junk Dr. Jillian. Some of it is yes indeed it sure is. Well I wanted to get the right messages out there and I have a lot to learn from you because obviously I don't I talk about the things I want to learn about so I have a million questions for you and I want to just jump right in how's that sound? Perfect. Let's go. Okay. So talk to me as a naturopathic physician and with your specializations that you have and with many, many, many hours of clinical practice and talking to real human beings, can you tell us what does detox and let's use, let's use the big two terms I see everywhere, detox and cleanse. What do those really mean to you in a medical sense? Great question. So detoxification is a natural process that occurs in our body 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's the process by which our body removes compounds, whether we make these compounds ourselves or whether we are exposed to these compounds from the environment. So these are compounds that can be harmful or not harmful. We even have to detoxify things like hormones, right? Something that's totally part of our everyday life. So detoxification is not actually something that we have to do, right? Like brush our teeth. Detoxification happens for us. When I think about the term cleansing. Cleansing is kind of like very much in the same way that we would tune up our engine in our car to help it work more efficiently. There are things that we can do to sort of spruce up our natural inherent detoxification processes and pathways in the body. And I guess that is a very loose definition of what I would call a cleanse. And I want to say one other thing, there is one other term that we can use, and that is called chelation. 
And chelation is a process by which we take a compound, a chelating agent, because we have a burden of some toxicant in the body, typically heavy metals or something like that, solvents, where we're taking a compound that's actually going to go into the body and remove it. So that's chelation, which is sort of like the most specific thing that we could say. But detoxification is a normal process. It's happening all the time. And then a cleanse is what I would call the sort of sprucing up of that natural inherent process. Okay. All right. So this is really helpful. We have like a hierarchy. Detox is a naturally occurring process. Cleansing is when you might do some specific actions to enhance the detoxification process. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And then chelation, am I saying chelation or chelation? Key? Ke- chelation. Chelation. Okay. I can spell. I just can't speak. All right. So yeah. <laughs> chelation is when you specifically target like lead in your body, right? Yeah. Or mercury or what have you. And chelation typically is only done after testing and verification that, you know, there is a burden of heavy metals present and that chelation is even necessary. So chelation is sort of more of a like a medical procedure where detoxification is an inherent biochemical process. And uh, something that's very interesting to know about detoxification and how powerful and important is in the body is that if we were to stop detoxifying, like me and you just stop right now, we would be dead in about six hours. So that's how important this process is to us. Okay. So today we'll talk about detox and cleansing. And now I'm sensing like episode number three with Dr. Jillian Tita on (laughs) chelation, but that's another day. So (laughs) let's talk about detox and cleansing. I have a couple of questions. First, I want to know how our body in general detoxes itself. And specifically, if you could throw in there, you mentioned that that includes hormonal detoxification and I don't understand that. So talk to us first about how does detox generally work? Okay. So we have, I guess for, for, for us today, let's talk about it this way. We have what I call the big five, the big five organs of detoxification. They are the skin, the lungs, the kidneys, and then our gastrointestinal system houses two of the big five. We have our liver and we have the large intestine, also the colon. Now, so those are your big five. And within the liver, we have enzymes, right? We have what are called phase one and phase two enzymes. Phase one enzymes are, so our liver is filtering gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons of blood a day, okay? We actually are filtering close to 60 gallons of blood a day. So the liver is like this smart filter and it's pulling out all of these compounds. So phase one enzymes take these compounds and they do, they pull something off of them and they create an intermediate compound. This intermediate compound can often be more volatile or more toxic than the original compound. So it is sort of shuttled off to what's called phase two enzyme systems, okay? Then the body puts on another compound and then it gets sent to the kidneys for us to pee them out or to the large intestine for us to poop them out, so on and so forth. So 
that in a, in a nutshell is how our body uses the organs to detoxify within the liver itself on those phase one and phase two enzymes. There is enormous individual genetic variability between people. So for example, I'm someone who can drink a whole French press of coffee a day and have espresso before I go to bed and sleep like a baby, where, say, my husband, Keone, he can't tolerate any coffee at all. That has to do with the detoxification of caffeine. So there is enormous variability between people. So it's difficult to make statements like, oh, caffeine is bad or everyone needs to detox because we all have our own sort of unique setup of what those enzymes look like. How do the skin and the lungs detox or contribute to the detoxification process? Have you ever uh, had garlic breath? Never. (laughs) So our body uses the lungs because of their surface area to just, that's how we are exhaling compounds. And in 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 the case of garlic, we are exhaling sulfur compounds. And then we use skin also for the large surface area to push stuff out of there as well. So sweating. Sweating. You got it. That makes you think about all of the different lotions and potions that you put on very, very differently when you think about it like that. Well, it's a, that's a good point because it actually, you know, as much as our skin is a barrier, it is a, it's a smart barrier. So it lets certain things in and it will push certain things out. And if you're using, if you're using lotions or body washes that are full of, you know, less than optimal ingredients or things like triclosan or metals or different compounds, all of that is taken up into the body. And then that ends up at the liver, you know, where it has to be processed and then re-excreted. So absolutely. So your magic lotions and potions aren't going to kill you. They're going to increase the burden on your liver and increase the burden of detoxification, which over time adds up. Am I saying that right? Sure. I mean, absolutely. You know, every if we think about every little thing, first of all, it's, it's difficult for us to protect ourselves from every potential harmful compound out there. But when we do have an opportunity to, you know, utilize products that are less harmful, less, less toxic, going to put less of a burden on our body. I think that we should utilize that. Yeah, that's kind of my theory, just because there's so much there's so much in the air and there's so much in the food that we eat, no matter how clean you're trying to eat, unless you live in a tiny corner of the uppermost Canada or something, you know, or you have a farm in Iceland, it's very, very difficult to not be exposed to honestly an enormous amount of toxins. So I just figure if I can eat as clean as possible and put products on my body and in my body that are as clean as possible. I'm just lightening the load on my liver. That's my theory. Yeah, it's true. Uh, your reader or your, your listeners might be interested to know that about six and a half billion pounds of chemicals are released into the air each year. This represents like about 80,000 commercial and industrial compounds. So these things are get they're getting not only into the the air, but they get into the soil, into the water, on your food and you know of course into your home because you're out there walking around in the world and then you bring those things back into your home. So it's really it's really not a question of like are we exposed to things? It's a question of is your exposure contributing to your symptoms and are you able to appropriately, you know, process these things out of your body? And the truth is most people do a great job of handling those things. And then some people just don't. Okay. Well, that's good news because 
that sucks and our bodies have to deal with it. So, but it's good news that our bodies are designed to be able to handle some of the load pretty well. How do you know when your body's not handling a particular load very well? How do you know when you need some kind of additional cleansing? So the reason why you're seeing all this all the cleanses now because it's springtime is in, you know, traditional Chinese medicine, springtime is thought of a period of time where we can cleanse and renew and rejuvenate. So again, going back to the the concept of, you know, do we do a tune-up on our detoxification, you know, that absolutely is something that can happen, you know, once or twice a year. Now, in terms of exposures, in the sense of metal exposures or solvent exposures or industrial accidents or commercial accidents where you're being exposed to high amounts of, you know, very harmful compounds, that is sort of like a, that's sort of like an entirely different ball game that's definitely, that's beyond the scope of this conversation now. Sure, so sure. does that make sense? But the truth is, you know, the truth is we all could use a little sprucing up every now and then. Okay, so this is what I want to talk about because a lot of us out there, I totally get that there are the anomalies and the exceptions. Let's talk about let's talk about the masses in the middle and I want to talk about the person that goes to maybe Whole Foods or something and sees the detox in a box uh-huh. and what how they should view that and how they could what would work better than that potentially. Okay. So so let's talk about that a little bit. So the majority of the the detox in a box type things like the off the shelf stuff that you get at Whole Foods or the or the natural health food store or what have you these are a combination of herbs and I have usually they're herbs and I have two two major critiques of them one my first critique is that they often contain herbs that are what we call cathartic which means they're like laxatives so they promote you just pooping a lot which that in and of itself might not necessarily like be effective. It just puts you in the bathroom for half the day. So if your goal is just, you know, poop more, you definitely don't need a a detox in the box. So I'm not crazy about the large amount of cathartic herbs that are in these compounds. And the big ones that are in there are the herbs, uh, cascara sagrada and senna. These herbs, if, if you take too many of them, they will put you in the bathroom with cramps and everything like that. The second critique that I have for some of these off-the-shelf, like, quote, detox or cleansing products is that, remember, we were talking about that phase one and phase two pathways in the liver. A lot of these products are only supporting the phase one compounds. And when you're doing that, when you are accelerating phase one, but you're not accelerating phase two, what is going on with that? is that you are making a greater than average or a greater than normal volume of these intermediate, more volatile compounds. So what's happening is you are creating a larger volume of these intermediate compounds and you are not also subsequently or concurrently increasing your phase two enzymes as well to be able to handle that load. And so what we see are things that, you know, like headache and stomach ache and fatigue and things like that. Some of the, you know, side effects from cleanses that really shouldn't happen at all. So if you're cleansing and you're cleansing well, you shouldn't actually notice it very much. 
Oh my gosh, because first of all, I know a lot of people say, oh, if you're starting to feel terrible, that means it's working. <laughs> well, it just, usually that just means that you're pushing phase one faster than phase two can keep up with it. And you're exposing yourself to those variety of intermediate compounds. So the goal, the goal should not be to like feel bad at all. So you could actually do more harm, it sounds like. Sure. Yeah. Theoretically you can. And that's why we see like a lot of the we would see a lot of people would like self-diagnose and decided that they needed to, you know, quote, do a detox without even realizing that we're detoxing all the time. And then they would get one of these like things right off the shelf. And then they'd be, they'd be in the bathroom with diarrhea and cramps and a headache and everything else. And so, you know, understanding a little bit just about basic physiology and the, the processes in the liver and how you actually, if you're going to be doing any type of cleansing, you really need to support phase two just as much as phase one okay and plus you don't necessarily know what your problem actually is right so you're just throwing the detox in a box at it but you're not it might be actually it might actually be a real problem or something that you need a different approach to solve sure I mean I think a lot of people do these just because they're in you know they see them on the shelf or they you know hear things on social media or on the news or whatever and they just feel like they have to do them without really even understanding you know to your point sort of what these things mean and are and do well, it's not like I know that because I've done it or anything, so we'll just move on. Okay, so, so I want to talk about what we should be doing. One option, if you're really feeling like you need a reset or a cleanse of some sort, one option is to just focus on eating nothing but whole foods for maybe three days or seven days or a month, right? I mean, that that's technically a little version of cleansing or detoxing in its own way, right? Well, Keone says that the best, you know, detox diet or cleanse diet is really just to eat a high vegetable diet. So that's exactly right. I mean, if we're taking someone who does not have their basic healthy nutrition dialed in, and then they want to do a cleanse, you're sort of defeating the very purpose. You know, I would be coaching and encouraging people to make sure that they're eating a very wide variety of vegetables and fruits every day, you know, getting all your colors in, making sure that you're getting pastured, organic or grass-fed meats and animal products, healthy fats, and that you're avoiding, you know, sugars, high fructose corn syrup, soy, additives, like a lot of processed flour products, lots of booze. And so if you don't have all those things sort of dialed in, you know, why are we going to then do a cleanse for three days? Like it just, to me, it doesn't, it never made great sense it just seems like a very sort of like emotional or reactive thing to do which i understand i mean humans are emotional and reactive but it just doesn't make good biochemical sense such a such a good point yes in other words it would be far more productive and helpful and healthy and promote optimal detoxification to have a lifestyle that you know 75 to 85% of the time you're eating that high vegetable high quality food diet well, and you said if we do that, our body's actually designed to be doing the detoxification for us. Exactly. So, all right. So I want to talk about some of the things we should be doing, and you've touched on some, some of the things we can do in our daily life. I'd like to deep dive into that for a moment. Uh, what else can we do? Okay. So this is going to, you're going to laugh. The best thing you can do to help your body detox, or not the best, one of the best things that you can do to help your body detoxify is make sure that you are not constipated. Okay. That is one of the best things that you can do is to move your bowels every day. 
Another thing to consider, and I'm just going to kind of throw things out there at you. Yeah, yeah, go for it. The number one sort of, quote, detox strategy is simply avoidance. So in other words, you might want to consider um, installing water and air filters in your home. You might want to use products in your home that don't put off lots of what we call VOCs, which are volatile organic compounds, things like solvents, paints, like things that have a very strong smell. You also will probably want to consider avoiding some of the things that put a burden on the liver in terms of, you know, not using medications judiciously, high fructose corn syrup, you know, fake fats, poor quality meats, those types of things. Other things to do at home or with your nutrition is to bring in foods that are bitter. You know, we're in the springtime now, so stuff like artichokes and sunchokes and dandelion and dandelion greens and asparagus, all of those are amazing. Also foods that are high in sulfur like onion and garlic and broccoli, uh, cabbage, leeks, all of your green leafy vegetables, your kale, your bok choy, your chard, your collards, all of those guys are really wonderful for detoxification. Uh, soluble fiber like we would find in pears and apples and opran and things like that. Your clean water, your fermented foods, all of those are going to be sort of key strategies that you can implement in your own home to support your detoxification processes and to even cleanse a little bit. Utilizing sweating, whether you're taking like a hot salt bath or you're using a sauna, that can help sort of spruce things up. And also the process of dry brushing. Dry brushing also can help. So those are just some tips and tricks that your audience can do in the comfort of their own homes. That is great. I'm going to list these on the website on airwithella.com after this show so people can go back and just look at this list. But you mentioned, I think people sort of forget about sweating because some people don't go kick it in the gym really hard or they don't play a sport, but there, there are several things you can still do. So you mentioned a salt bath, Epsom salts plus sea salts. That's a nice combination too. Yes, yes, ma'am. And then dry brushing is exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll link to, I have a link to that on the website. I'll put that in the show notes. And then a sauna, the sauna is actually a really nice sort of cleansing resource. Can you talk to that just really briefly? Yeah. So when you're heating up the tissue and you're promoting sweat, you can actually offload certain things through the skin. What I would say, though, is after doing a sauna, do you want to take a shower, a little rinse off immediately after, and that's just to cleanse your skin of the things that it might have pushed out so they're not resorbed back into the body. I know this is a weird thing to focus on, but the re- I'm focusing on it because this is of recent interest to me, and I sort of rediscovered this. I don't know. Sauna seems so, like, 1978 to me. <laughs> But I only just learned of it sort of as a resource. So what I did is I I built up a tolerance. I'll go sit in there for 10 minutes and then I'll, this is at the gym, then I'll run into the shower, which is right there. And I'll take a cold shower for, you know, one or two minutes. And then I'll go back into the sauna for five or 10 minutes. And then I'll do the cold shower and I'll do that three times. And, and I'll end with the shower and it makes me feel like a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> is this a thing? <laughs> yes. You're, you're describing what's called a uh, contrast, contrast hydrotherapy going between hot and cold, hot and cold. This really greatly increases circulation. It stimulates the immune system. A lot of athletes will utilize this for recovery in their training. So absolutely. And this, you know, it's funny, certain cultures, particularly like Scandinavian culture, Russian culture, sauna is a part of their everyday life. And it's interesting because 
these populations of people tend to get sick a lot less. So it's pretty neat. Well, thank you for that rabbit hole. <laughs> okay, well, sorry. You, you know, people can, you can recreate, you don't even need a sauna to recreate that. You can actually do that in your shower itself where you turn up the water, you know, really warm, like, you know, as warm as you can stand until you feel kind of like a sweat coming on. You're like, gosh, I'm really hot. And then you turn it to cold, you know, for 30 seconds. And with that, you don't necessarily need to turn it to like ice cold, like where it's taking your breath away. Even if you just go to cool or very cool, that's enough of a contrast that that's going to stimulate your your circulatory system to get those really nice effects. Yeah, I mean, you come out of this feeling amazing. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> I know we're running on running to time, Dr. Jillian. So let me just throw a couple of quick rapid fire questions at you. So if I, you gave us some tips for home, if we came into a clinic and we met with someone like you, what, what would be a protocol that you would talk to somebody about doing for an actual cleanse? Just like your everyday person. Okay. So the, the majority of it is the things that we've already talked about, you know, cutting out a lot of the junk, bringing in your veggies and all those foods that we discussed, getting water intake up there, you know, making sure that we're hydrated so that making sure you're sleeping, maybe doing some dry brushing, maybe doing some sweating. That's the base. And then in terms of supplementation, if we were going to supplement, I start with supporting phase two enzymes first. And so some things that support phase two enzymes are things like glutathione, excuse me, glutathione and methionine. So those are two different things. We got glutathione and we have methionine. There's an amino acid called ornithine that also supports phase two. We've got things like calcium deglutarate and alpha-ketoglutarate and taurine and N-acetylcysteine and glycine. And then there's another product called MSM. These things help support phase two. So I initiate that first. And then after, I will bring in some things that are more supportive of phase one. And those are things like your milk thistle and the choline and green tea and uh, an herb called celandine and things like dandelion, an herb called picoriza. So, well, and let me back up and say one thing. If someone is constipated, that's the first thing that we're doing is we're changing the diet and we're getting them pooping. So I don't want anybody to do a cleanse unless they are having regular bowel movements. I'm not even going to list some of those things that you said when I post this because people will do exactly what I'm sitting here thinking right now. Oh, I need to go get that stuff. I need to go get that stuff. Yeah. But the truth is you need to do it with someone who knows what they're talking about, yeah. right? I think it's probably better that way just to to minimize the potential for for unsavory side effects or side effects that you don't necessarily want in your life. I would rather, I'd rather people be spending like the $40 that they would spend for one of these like cleanses off the shelf. I'd rather them go buy really high quality vegetables, maybe some dandelion tea, maybe a, a loofah to go do some dry brushing than, you know, something that's just going to give them intestinal cramps and, and make them poop. Amen. Okay. I have two final questions for you that I didn't ask you the first time I interviewed you, Dr. Jillian. What is one habit or practice that you'd like us to try for one week? 
I would like everybody to sit when they eat and chew their food until it is a very soft paste. That sounds gross, but I'm with you. I mean, I'm do- I, that is so important, but it just sounded gross. Sorry. All right. And by the way, actually, let's mention something about that really quickly. When you actually chew your food and you masticate your food, it means your digestive system isn't trying so hard, right? It's just easier on your body, right? You absorb more nutrients. Yeah, it, it puts less mechanical and biochemical stress on the body. And then it also reduces things like gas and bloating and all the secondary fermentation that can happen in the gut flora, which in turn keeps the second brain and the gut brain happy, which promotes good motility and regularity. Well, and now if that, if you want to know more about that and having about having a happy gut, then please go back and listen to episode seven with Dr. Jillian. Okay. Last question. What is one resource that you love that you'd like to share with all of us? I love the environmental working group website. They have something, a database called Skin Deep, where you can look at all of your products and get different toxicity ratings in terms of potential to create autoimmune disease, cancer risk, all of those things. And it will tell you exactly like what what products have what in them. It's very good. And they also have an app version. All right. Outstanding. We will link to that in the show notes. Dr. Jillian, thank you so much for your time. And this was really, really helpful. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're quite welcome, Ella. Thank you. And keep doing what you're doing. I love it. Bye now. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.